This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, you guys heard me yesterday speak with Alex Harris, who talked about why staying small and winning big with just six clients who pay 5,000 bucks per month can really help you hit a home run. All right, Top Tribe, I am here in my blue jeans and Nike Freeze near Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. You're going to love our guest this morning. His name is Devin Tavona. Now, Devin is co-founder and CEO at Pana, an on-demand travel concierge. Now, previously, Devin developed iOS for Flipboard and served as a mobile lead at a travel technology startup called Everlater, which was acquired by MapQuest in 2013. Devin graduated with a computer science degree at CU Boulder, where he studied predictive recommendation technology, which helps inform Pana's artificial intelligence technology. Devin, are you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome, thanks for man. having me. You bet. Thanks for joining us. So first things first, on-demand travel concierge sounds really competitive. Expedia, Travelocity, all these things out there. How are you going to win? Yeah, definitely. So we're trying to build this like private travel concierge service. So all the researching and booking of flights, hotels, cars, restaurants that you'd have to do yourself online, we do through like this amazing white glove service. Um, you know, it, it, it's a level of convenience that you really wouldn't get from any of those. And we also have some kind of exclusive rates, rewards and perks for, for our members. So we're really building this like white glove experience that you couldn't get from, from Expedia or Kayak. And, and is it literally your negotiation power? You're able to negotiate lower prices. I mean, you're the Amazon of concierge. Is that accurate? It's negotiation power. It's the way that we train our concierges. It's, it's the artificial intelligence tech that we empower those concierges with. We're, we're basically, you know, our, our, our advantage is our customer service. It's kind of core to what we do. And, and, and so people, some people come on the show, we've had people on Rackspace and they say the advantage is customer service. Some people, they really do have an advantage there and other people, they just say that because it's easy to say. <laughs> you're a guy that knows what the hell you're doing. I mean, MapQuest, you, Flipboard, you know, Robert Scoble, love Flipboard, he's a good friend. When you say your advantage is customer service, what does that actually mean? I mean, does your artificial intelligence power that anyway? So we're, you know, every time someone's messaging into our service, we're basically like, because we have some artificial intelligence, we're always passing like this Turing test of sorts that someone's running on us, you know? So what we actually do is we involve and just a human. top tribe real quick for all you computer science majors listening, wondering <laughs> how to drop out of school and start your own business. Uh, Turing, I believe you're referring to Alan Turing. Many people credit yeah. him for inventing the computer. Yeah, definitely. He had this test where... You know, a human needed to be convinced that they were talking to another human, uh, even if they were talking to a robot. And that's that's what artificial intelligence was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, we're, we're not there yet. So we involve a lot of real humans in, in, in the service. And the, the way that we focus on training those people, the types of things that we can empower them to do, like if your flight's delayed, booking you on a completely different flight on a completely different airline, you know, that that's a spend for us. It, but but we think it makes good business sense to to kind of make those those types of decisions. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I, I, uh, I, I'm looking at your investors right now. My mom's in, my mom is in Loveland. We've got a lot of friends in Boulder. David Cohen is also an investor mm-hmm. in AO. So we share investors. So I feel like I should be giving you a big hug. We're in the same family <laughs> here. Walk me through, Devin. Um, what is the, so it looks like you've got four people or maybe a lot more than that when you count all the advisors, but you've got about four people and your website, if you go to PANA.com, it just says boarding soon with an email opt-in that says get in line. I imagine there's some thinking here about conversion rates that you've, you've put in. Walk us through the strategy on the landing page. Yeah, definitely. So we're, we're going for an exclusive launch strategy of inviting tastemakers, inviting kind of key people who we think would really enjoy the service and would talk about it a lot and, and kind of playing up that, that artificial scarcity piece of the launch. And, you know, it, it works to our advantage in a couple of ways. One, we can kind of scale intelligently um, and kind of scale demand intelligently, but also, you know, that, that artificial scarcity does, does increase conversion because um, it, it, it feels like something that's rare. You know, Uber launched with a similar strategy. There's a bunch of companies that use that like power archetype at, for their brand um, that, you know, when I'm aligned with this brand, I feel more powerful. I feel more cool. I'm sexier, you know, so we're going for, for the exact same sort of vibe, well, vibe with our brand. Sign me up. I, I've always wanted to look <laughs> sexier. I'm in. Well, great. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I mean, look, I, the, one of the reasons I was interested in having you on is this is a problem I have. I mean, I travel so much. People want me all over the place. And frankly, it's a pain in the butt negotiating and getting travel done on the fly. Walk me through, um, we, how old is the business? If you can, how much did you raise? And if yep. so, when is public launch? Yep, definitely. So the business is about um, eight months old so far. We, we raised a small inch round when we started. Um, we're just kind of at the tail end of fundraising. Our, our seed round raised about 1.3, 1.35. On the angel? Uh, yeah, no, that, that that was through that seed round. Oh, the seed round. Okay, how yeah. much was the angel yeah. round? Out of curiosity, angel round was only about two hundred k. It was it was stay alive money. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it was every, experiment. Money. Everybody needs experiment money. And was that angel people? You know, we have entrepreneurs listening right now, thinking about fundraising. They're wondering, should I do a convertible note or should I go ahead and sell equity in my seed round? Did that two hundred k was that a convertible note with a cap or did you do a seed round? I mean, yeah, a, that was a, an equity that, round. Yeah, that, that was a convertible note with a cap. Um, our most recent round, though, was an equity round. A lot of that was influenced by kind of putting notes on notes starts getting complex for investors yeah. and CEOs and, and kind of incentive structures start getting a little wonky. Yeah, our big drive when we did that, and guys, we won't get too, we're getting really specific here for a second, <laughs> but I want to give you some things to just Google. One of the things that drove our decision around that, uh, Devin, was investor, angel investors, not wanting to have to deal with K-1s. So there's a lot of yep. tax things that made a lot of sense for us to convert the note into actual equity. Um, So that was interesting. I didn't expect that starting out. So it's something to look out for. Okay, but go ahead. Sorry. I mean, one thing that don't people don't think about when when they're raising convertible debt is it, it is debt. You know, it, it's a loan. Um, so you, you you don't want that to last too long. You want to make sure you convert that into equity fairly quickly. Especially if you've got you know above eight percent you know annual interest rates. God forbid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So walk us through. Uh, you're kind of in kind of in pre-launch mode right now. How many people have signed up? Yeah, so we're at about we have about five thousand users using our beta, and really we've grown from those zero to five thousand users really in the last ninety days, and it's and and that kind of 
extremely fast growth has, has been all through referral and word of mouth marketing. About 90% of growth has been through happy And Alex, you're, cu- you're, I mean, Devin, you're cutting in and out a bit. So I'm going to rephrase what you just said while you make sure your mic is plugged in okay. But it sounds like you've gone you've gone from zero to 5,000 very fast the last 90 days. And a lot of it has been referral. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And the audio is still a little wishy-washy. So check your headphones again. Or, or, your, or your background thing if you're syncing with Drive, and I'll keep moving forward here. So guys, um, some things I want you to take away so far from Devin's interview. So first off, they're using the power archetype kind of launch. This is not something you hear about in the internet marketing world. I know a lot of you guys are in that world. This power archetype, though, allows you to control scale and allows you to basically control your supply-demand curve. You are the pretty lady. You are in demand, and people have to put their email in to get on the list. It's a great way to control that Devin's done a great job doing that with 5,000 beta users. So, Devin, when is the, you know, how do you make the decision about when to open this to the public? Totally. So, we're doing kind of a rolling launch. So, over the next two, three months, as more people come onto the platform, more people start talking about it, and kind of we secure those those more lifestyle PR publications like the Condé Nast of the world. That's when that's when we'll start building towards a public launch. Okay. But it's also, you know, when when we're ready as 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 a company from you know an opera perspective. Understood. Understood. So, walk us through. Um, we, we won't get into specific metrics because I, I assume depending on the travel package and of your 5,000 beta users purchase, you're making kind of different amounts of money, but margins are tricky in the travel space. How does Pana make money? Yeah, definitely. So the primary driver of our our, our, our monetization strategy really is our monthly subscription. And that, you know, allows us to make decisions on behalf of what, what is best for our members and not really where we get the most commission. You know, in the travel industry, there, there is commission available. So we'll take it when, when we have it. But the primary driver really is our, our subscription cost. And so you, you very much are a SaaS business. You're focused on lifetime value, churn, acquisition cost, et cetera. Yep, exactly. You can kind of think of us like the Costco of travel. <laughs> Got to have a membership card to get in, and then you get all the great discounts and benefits. Yep, yep. Very cool. So walk us through, Are you? do you already have those some of those beta members on a paid plan? Yeah, definitely. So we've monetized about half of our beta members right now. Okay, and on average, what are they, what's the, uh, the ARPU, which is average revenue per user per month? And if you don't want to give a number, what's the range that they're paying? Yeah, we're we're seeing between twenty five and fifty dollars. Twenty five and fifty, great. Yeah. So again, guys, top tribe members listening in right now, a SaaS business model is a great way to go. It gives you predictable revenue over time. So someone in Devin's situation, where he's raised a seed round at one point three million in equity, he can say, okay, I've got twenty five hundred paying customers, paying on average twenty five bucks per month. So you 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 can do the math. You know, somewhere between forty and fifty, uh, maybe even actually that's on the low side. Bucks per month allows him to make hiring decisions. So this is a great way to do it. And he, you know, when you're in beta mode like this, it's a great time to make sure that your product is very sticky so that people pay that ARPU, you know, for hopefully 40, 50, 60 months. It allows you to get really good predictability, increases the value of your company, and you can build fast. Okay, Top Tribe, I want to give you more brain juice this month, totally free. If you're loving this episode, text the word Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, to 33444 for your chance to win a prize on an up coming show. The next prize is a pack of 14 business books valued at 250 bucks if you bought them on Amazon. And these books are the ones that Mark Zuckerberg thinks every entrepreneur must read. All right, so Devin, it's time for my favorite part of the show. That is the famous five. So number one, you're building an empire. I want to know what you're studying. What is your favorite business book? 
He's a behavioral psychologist. Talks about kind of what general loops you need to create if you're business in order to uh, get people addicted to your product. So, guys, again, Top Tribe. I know it's tricky to hear, Devin. We're going to link to that in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top six four. Again, nathanlacka.com forward slash the top six four. And his answer to his favorite book, I believe, was Hooked by Nir Ayal, who's coming on the show in an upcoming episode. It's a great book about feedback loops, variable, and and uh, constant rewards. So. Great recommendation there, Devin. Number two, which CEO are you following or studying right now? Yeah, I just finished a startup CEO by Matt Bloomberg. He's the CEO of Return Path. He is uh, an executional genius. Um, so, you know, I take a lot of the stuff that he says and you know, I can in- incorporate that into my day to day as CEO. It's, it's- Pretty, pretty incredible stuff. And that's a new one. Haven't heard of that yet. I can't wait to dive in and read it. Number three, what is your favorite online tool? I'm obsessed with uh, Dropbox Notes right now. It's in beta <laughs> right now. Um, it, it's like Evernote on steroids plus Google Docs plus a lot of really other cool collaboration tools. Um, definitely check out that when it, when it comes comes out in so, public. So you're building a team, Devin. You've raised capital. You've got beta users. Yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Yes, absolutely. I'm a completely different person without sleep. Uh-huh. I think that I maximize my value of being awake uh, by sleeping. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, next question. Um, how old are you right now, out of curiosity? Uh, 23. 23. Okay, so go back three yeah. years. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, what would it be? You know, I, I would just say stay focused. Like the, the, the book hasn't been written on me yet. So <laughs> keep working. <laughs> there you go. Well, guys, students who are thinking about jumping out of a school and starting their own business, look, Devin's 23 years old. He's got a team. He's growing in Boulder. He's got paying customers. He's got 1.5 million bucks in in, a, in investment. He's, you know, they have revenue. Is a great, great role model. So Devin, if people want to follow you online and follow your journey, where can people connect with you? Yeah, definitely. They can find me on Twitter. It's just Devin Tavona, um, at Devin Tavona, my name. At Devin Tavona. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes. So guys, 23-year-old who is crushing it, 5,000 beta users, 40 to 50,000 bucks per month, and a lot of funding. Devin, you're one to watch. Thank you for taking us to the top. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Coming up tomorrow, I'm talking with the COO of AWeber, Sean Cohen, and I ask him a simple question. I said, Sean, is AWeber going to be acquired? Tune in to figure out what he says. Okay, Top Tribe, I am pouring my heart and soul into this podcast for you. Would you help me out by subscribing on iTunes? If you're listening on your Apple phone, hit the purple arrow in the upper left of your screen and you'll see the word subscribe in purple, all capital letters. Click that subscribe button if you want me to keep doing shows and I will see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m.